Greg, are are you under the impression that I've actually seen Beetlejuice? Of course you haven't. <laughs> you have seen nothing. I know. I haven't seen any of the movies. In Sarah's defense, I had just seen Beetlejuice for the first time what last What is year. wrong with both of you? I don't think that any, when it comes to movies, there's no defense for me, though. Both of you were like emo slash goth kids and like, wait, neither one of you have seen Beetlejuice? So I know I and the goth in my heart that hurts when I hear you say that because I agree. (laughs) Well, by the time I could have gotten way into like Tim Burton, especially since I was an AFI fan, that was kind of like you kind of. That was AFI. I know that's what I'm saying. But then all the like big time like Tim Burton kids got annoying, so I'm like, I don't need to watch that. So like they got me right as when I was, you know. It was stupid. It's a stupid like, reason. Uh, it was just like such a sellout move. Like really, I saw some girl in high school wearing a Frankenweenie hoodie and she didn't even know what Frankenweenie was. And I was like, this bitch is a poser. More like, a- a- <laughs> AFI, more like awful <laughs> insights into <laughs> movies. Long live Davey Havoc, one of the most beautiful people to have ever existed. I saw them at the big ass show. Uh, I, yeah, like, went to I don't know. Too. Probably twenty five. God, I'm getting so old. Well, all right, we're we're getting way off the rails here. <laughs> right, I saw play, them last year. They were great. Play the mu- <sighs> Play the music, Matt. Play, play the music. And welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Uh, Greg, we took a week off, recharged the batteries. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Can I tell you something funny? I tweeted it out, and I sent it to you guys, but I I think it's worth mentioning on the podcast. Uh, Yes, please. I don't like typing out tweets. If I don't have to, I mean, either <laughs> I really like my text to speech. The problem, oh, I don't, I don't use that actually. Yeah. The problem is, is that Google's text to speech. Yes. I'm a, I'm a Google owner. I'm anti iPhone. Uh, their text to speech is dog shit and it, <laughs> it never gets context, right? It misspells words, you know, all sorts of things. But the funny thing is, is that anytime I mention Lowry Markinen's name, it automatically translates it to uh, Larry Marketing. Uh, which we love. So that. Larry Marketing is that's his name from now on moving forward. I'm never going to call him Lowry Markinen again. His name is Larry Marketing. Larry Marketing should be what Walker Kessler's name is as Lowry Markinen's campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Larry marketing it sounds like a Tim and Eric sketch I love it Larry marketing he's gonna be an all-star we're gonna get into that (laughs) um I I don't want to give like any airtime to people that are dumb and stupid and idiots um 
I just want to say that to all the people who have reached out and been supportive and uh, have not been dumb, stupid idiots over the last week or two, we love you and we appreciate your continued listenership. The end. <laughs> Solidarity forever. Solidarity. Um, couple things that I want to get into. We're gonna we're gonna go through our all star picks one uh, later on in the episode. But before we get to that, um, I want to talk about what's been going on with the Jazz kind of recently, some of the stuff that has been fun or not so fun with them, etc. Mm-hmm. But rapper YG was at the game the other night mm-hmm. because, and here's what I've learned. I know more about this situation than I even care to want to know. Mm-hmm. YG originally had a show that was going to be at Saltaire. Yes. On a Sunday during a winter storm during Sundance. Not surprisingly, the tickets did not sell very well. Understandable. Yeah, understandable. That show got canceled and he ended up doing sort of a smaller show at Club Echo. Okay. Which, by all accounts, was a mess. Yeah, Club Echo is definitely a place I've heard of. Yeah, I, I definitely know where that that is. I know exactly where it's at. Been there before for sure. <laughs> I I know the movie that's about it. No. <laughs> um. So then you know, YG comes to the jazz game the next night. As one and does. As one does. He's sitting courtside. I was talking to Jordan Clarkson after the game. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go link up and hang out for a little while with YG. I didn't realize that they were just going to hang out at the are they, are they night. Are they like boys? Do they know each I other? Think, I mean, they seemed like they were boys when I saw them together. It's. I mean, it's not an I unlikely mean, they, pairing. No, they have definitely at least talked before mm-hmm. based on the conversations that I was listening to. So... YG and Jordan Clarkson end up hanging out at the arena just as long as the reporters do. So they're the we're all the last ones in the arena, but they're in a much nicer room than the reporters are while they're writing their stories. YG and Jordan Clarkson are kind of hanging out in the tunnel before they're about to leave. I kind of hear some ruckus, so I go out to see what it is. I end up standing there forever, listening and being a part of conversations with YG and Jordan Clarkson, which... Uh, highly recommend to anyone. <laughs> I'll, I'll and, put it on my list. This is this yeah. is something very high uh, on my. And the on conversation my to-do. got so animated and a little bit like aggressive because YG was absolutely adamant that Jordan Clarkson would not be able to guard him on a basketball court. <laughs> We, we, we as a society have to stop with this idea that randos can get buckets on NBA players. Now, from what I've, from what I've heard and from what Jordan was saying and what Jordan was telling me, YG can actually hoop, okay? Sure. But... <laughs> But I don't, but, and YG was, I've never seen a man more confident in something that I'm absolutely certain he's not capable of. No, 
(laughs) And he was certain. He was like, any of you, I mean, there was a lot of like MFers and a lot of N words. And so I can't, I can't really say what YG was saying, but to paraphrase, he was like, you all know that I'm amazing. And that all, you know, all these rappers that think that they actually should have been ballers, you know what it's like. And I'm actually one where it's true. And to which Jordan was like, fine, let's play. And he's like, yeah, one of these days. And then to which I said, well, there is a court literally in the building that you're in right now. (laughs) And he was like, no, no, no. One of these days. Uh, And Jordan Clarkson kept telling him, like, I've told you before, I'll tell you again, like, you should play in the celebrity game at All Star. And YG seemed incredibly disinterested in that, but was absolutely adamant that Jordan Clarkson would not be able to do anything. So is he like, he's like the guy at the club who's like yelling at his friends to hold him back? A hundred percent. Awesome. And it was honestly kind of endearing and adorable to watch him. He was like stepping up and pretending to dribble on Jordan and like juking around him and being like, you couldn't handle it. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You couldn't do anything to me. To which Jordan was like kind of giving him the like the too, too, small. too small. Yeah. Like and the, I was like, Kevin, yeah. The Kevin Durant to Evan Fournier, the little yes. too, too teeny weeny. Yes. And and also Jordan's like laughing and looking at me like, can you believe he thinks this is real? There's a quick rule <laughs> to all of this. Like you could do like a little flow chart very easily. Mm-hmm. And that is, are you an Love NBA? Chart. Are you an NBA player? Yes or no? Okay, and so are you an NBA player, YG? No. You can't get buckets <laughs> on an NBA player. Not like not only is Jordan Clarkson like an NBA dude, right? He's a bona fide guy who's been in the league for a decade. He's also so fast. He's an like you you if you He came up as a track star. Yeah, he's an elite athlete. There's no way YG <laughs> Is beating Jordan Clarkson. The the uh, the antidote I really like to use, and I've said this before. I've told you this story. I think I've so- told it on the podcast before. Was I fancied myself, especially like in my twenties, like a pretty good athlete. You know, I got D one scholarships. I'm a big athletic guy. I always have been. Um, the worst time of my life playing any sport was trying to guard Paul Millsap at the 24-hour fitness that used to be in Sugar House, RIP. We had a bunch of like legendary pick-a-ball or pick-up right. games. Kuzma came and played, Dame, Ronnie Brewer. And Millsap. the thing is is like when those guys are playing in those types of pickup games, it is the least amount that they're trying. Yeah, and that's and yeah, and that's the <laughs> other thing and like it back in in back in the day, I sound like a grandpa, which I am. You are. So, yeah. Fair. But like, I could, I could go into just about like any rec league game and drop twenty to thirty points. Like that was that's that was pretty standard. I got one bucket on Paul Millsap playing <laughs> greatest at, moment of your life. Maybe sixty percent. You want to know why I got that bucket? Because I was loafing back on defense and it was a broken play that they passed the ball to me and I got a layup. Excellent. I never like, but if you actually got the ball and had me in an ISO situation against Paul, couldn't do it. Zero chance. 
They're so much better than everyone else. Like the leap between being like a good pickup basketball player and even being like a bad college basketball player is enormous. Now extrapolate that to the NBA. And we're talking about a guy who's like, you know, been in the league for over a decade, is averaging 21 points and is an elite athlete. YG, love you, dog. Great music. (laughs) Who do you love? Great song. Big Bank, incredible song. Huge fan. You are not, you could play a game to 21. That game would end 0 to 21. I wish that people could, like, I mean, I don't wish people could watch us when we record, but in this moment, I would love to, like, reenact YG's, like, body movements towards Jordan Clarkson when he was doing this because he was so up in his face. He was like, "Mm, you don't know. You won't be able to do anything. (laughs) I was like, okay, man. I don't think any of this is true, but okay. And, like, it's not as if Jordan Clarkson is, like, some sort of defensive stalwart. That's not really his Also, But, like, he's he's an NBA player. Another very good part of this is like YG's got like I don't know two three four entourage people with him of right I don't know I don't know who these people are but he's like you guys know you tell me who else could ball like me and like all of them kind of mumbled but answered different people <laughs> <laughs> and they're like well this person and then this person this that person and he's like vote of confidence yeah it was very funny also, that even his entourage didn't have his back I'm like I mean. Successful rappers make a lot of money. They don't make NBA contract money. So see, I don't have, I don't have, I just like don't have it in my head. I don't know. You, I wouldn't be able to tell you like who's richer, Jordan Clarkson or YG. I have no idea. Jordan Clarkson's richer. I can almost really? guarantee that. So weird. I just like don't have any concept of what rappers make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Clarkson's making what fourteen, fifteen million dollars this year plus endorsements. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that YG's making that much money. Interesting. He's, I'm sure he's doing well. Like he's he's well known. He's popular. Yeah. He's had some great songs. He's probably touring. But like, had some beautiful jewelry on. Yeah, absolutely. Had a wonderful Zion's Bank beanie. <laughs> oh man, Jazz Bear's got to stop putting corporate. free swag on yeah, rich people. No more, <laughs> no more corporate sponsorships for very rich rappers. Um, but speaking of very rich, no, there's absolutely no way. <sighs> All right. Anyways, that's my story. It was hilarious. I I laughed very, very hard about this. Uh, and then I talked to Jordan for a while after that and had a great story that is up at Deseret.com about Jordan and how he's adapted his game and evolved it's, over the it's last a very few years. Good piece. I enjoyed uh, reading it. You guys should all go read it. I loved that I was allowed to use uh, It's Jordan Clarkson time, Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> uh, that many times an in an actual it's such story. such a perfect tw- – like one of, the, one of the greater NBA Twitter tweets of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a shout out to Robbie Cow- Cowan. I think that's – yeah, I think that is. The original tweet. Uh, he actually absolutely deserves credit for that. Yes. Um, so the Jazz are 25 and 26. Dame dropped 60 on them. <laughs> <laughs> on the heels of uh, Kyrie dropping 48 on them. Right. Um, I mean, I, we talked about this last week. I think a lot of everything is going to really depend on what the Jazz do at the trade deadline because we know that they're going to be making moves. We know that the future is really what is going to lead all of sure. their decisions. Does the future allow them to get a good player right now or does it mean that they're going to kind of um, 
you know, stockpile more assets and more developmental pieces. We don't know. Like that, yeah. they could go one of two ways at the trade deadline, and we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the Jazz could very easily end up being a playoff team that just kind of like doesn't need to make noise because they won't be able to against some of the bigger teams. They could also end up being a play-in team or drop out of the playoffs. Like they're. I have no idea what this team is going to end up doing this season. I will say, though, I do think that we at least – I feel like I know what this team is, and that is a team – like 500, 25 and 26 is kind of exactly who this team is. I think their record is very indicative of their talent and the kind of – just the team that they are. Like good enough to be mediocre, good enough to maybe make the playoffs – Right. Better, you know, and also good enough to not be like a a, a bottom dweller. They're not. A, they're not the Magic's. They're not. The, they're not the Rockets. They're not the Hornets. Who are just awful. absolute. That game on Monday was an affront to the basketball gods. It was so bad. Yeah, I um, had zero we- fun watching Mason Plumley be the guy. I think that. If you're looking at this team as being mediocre right now, that's an incredible place to be, honestly. It's ahead if of you're schedule. in the fr- in the first year of the rebuild, if you're at 500 and you're like, "Okay, this team is mediocre and we know that 3 fourths of this team is not even the team of the future." Right. That's pretty good. Which leads me to and again, this is my personal opinion. <laughs> I'm ready to be – I'm ready to go all in on the youth movement. I think I've seen enough out of like certain vets to be like, thank you for your service. Uh-huh. You are not part of this team's future. And mm-hmm. that's where like the vision needs to be placed. All right. Who? Who are the vets we're kicking out? Uh, I could go my entire life without ever watching Rudy Gay play basketball. Ever I just like don't even think he counts anymore. Yeah. Like we are all on the same page. I honestly think everyone within the Jazz also. Yeah. Everyone's on the same page. No one wants to watch Rudy Gay. Yeah. Um to be honest, as great as he's been, um part of me would like to see Mike Conley go out into the wilds and and be able to, you know, flap his wings and find a contender. <laughs> I'm so uh, I'm really torn on this because I am too though because he is such a great mentor and he's meant so much to this team. If I'm Mike Conley, I'm like I've had conversations with him about this. Like, does he want to go somewhere and possibly have a chance at winning a title for like maybe the last couple of years of his career? Of course he does. Of course. But like he's not going to like demand to be traded because sure. his family loves it here. He's gotten very comfortable. Like he doesn't want to uproot everyone and move them and everything. Right. And so if it's not going to be to a place where he really does have a chance, yeah. like he's not leaving if it's, if it's Charlotte. Sure. No, absolutely not. Which is why and I so, would like to see, I would like in this specific case for Mike to be able to go to a contender. There's been a right. lot of rumors to him, to the Clippers. Great. We'll happily take Terrence Mann off your hands. And the thing that worries me, I just, uh, when the jazz do come down to like those clutch situations and it's like, you need someone that's actually like when you're inbounding the ball and you inbound it to Jordan Clarkson 
versus inbounding the ball and inbounding it to Mike Conley in the last couple of seconds, one of those guys is just going to make better decisions than the other one. Sure, but at the same time, like, does it really matter when you're a team that's focused on a youth movement? Right. And what it's it's not about the wins, and it's not about like the best making the good decisions in that moment. It's about making good decisions that the young guys on the team are going to look at. Sure, but is like is, what they're going to be able to watch on film and actually see and feel in front of them, rather than just being told about it. It's a lot different when it's that tangible. Should they should they be witnessing good decisions, or should they be experience or experiencing good decisions? Well, and that's what I think. Part of it is like being on the court with Mike, because like for example, Walker Kessler has already learned so much That's by playing true. pick and roll with Mike Conley. Yeah. He's not calling so out like, his screens anymore. Well, sometimes. As much. I should yeah. Say. Well, it's funny. We've talked about, we, we as in uh, the reporters, have talked to Walker Kessler about how he, he points over his shoulder uh, every single time he sets a screen. And he's like, yeah, I know I do it. I picked it up in like middle school. I still do it. Right now, honestly, the thing I'm working on is footwork, so I can't worry about my handwork. Uh, <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> yeah. That's a great quote. So, and, and, that's, and I'm like, yeah, I respect that. Yeah. Definitely work, work on your footwork. But that's, that's what I'm saying is like, there are so many things that you can already see from guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, Colin Sexton, sure. Walker Kessler, Ochai, Ochai who's been... That, dynamite lately he's been and like so much that so much of that is just from being around mike conley yeah i and i'm worried what i worry about is that i think that the jazz are are going to try to trade like kelly olenic mike conley jared vanderbilt um possibly possibly jordan clarkson like all of those guys are available for the right price right but what happens if they get rid of Kelly Olenek and Mike Conley and Rudy Gay. My worry is that you you go full in on the youth movement without having veterans that are going to kind of help your team along. Then you turn into the Houston Rockets and you and it's just a bunch of young dudes who have no direction. Yeah. So I I mean therein lies the challenge, right? Who do, right. who do you get rid of in, in order to, you know, stockpile more assets or young talents? And who do you keep in those mentorship roles? Right. And like, you're really talking me into keeping Mike Conley as much as I would love to see him go win. I just, just, maybe it's just time for me to go all in on being selfish. I think that I pers like I personally am so scared about what's going to happen to the young guys that like, if, if I was in the position of power, I would keep Mike Conley. But I, it is not like outside of my brain that you could potentially get a first round pick that would turn into something incredible for the future for the Jazz if you were to give up Mike Conley. Like the the weight of that decision is definitely why I'm glad I don't work in an NBA front office. Like that's a huge, that's a huge decision to like that's that's a big how much how much of the future are you leveraging if you hamper the development of the players that you currently have by hoping for a great player on what you get for Mike Conley. Right. It's, that's so much bigger than I think people realize. And I think that probably both answers are correct. It's, 
that's just a very difficult one. It's probably like the hardest decision I think that the jazz kind of have coming up because like anything outside of that, it's kind of just like, man, take the best offer. Right. Sure. Um, but that one's difficult because it, Mike is so, so good and yes, so good for young players. Yeah. Do you still stand firm in your belief that this roster will look differently after the trade deadline? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Yep. I, I, uh, from everything that I've heard, uh, and that's from within the jazz and from outside of the jazz, um, there have been a lot of deals talked about, mm. um, way more than is kind of like leaking out and being reported about. There's a lot of stuff that's being offered and kind of shuffled around. Um, but the jazz are one of the teams that like they have absolutely no sense of urgency Sure, because they don't have to give up anything. Right. The, I mean, the cupboards are already stocked, even if right. they keep this team as is like they still have so, a like, very bright future with a ton of picks and yep. all sorts of cap flexibility and, and the ability to sign people or move some of those assets in a trade at the end of the season. Like the jazz are already in a good position. Could they make yeah. their position even better, even sweeter. Absolutely. But there's, but that's why I think, I think that it'll be such a late developing, like I don't expect for the jazz to make deals this week. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have to, they don't have to like jump at something sure. because they're trying to fix things today. Like they can just wait until the end and be like, okay, we pick this one. Perfect. Well, so like they they could totally allow the offers to come to them at this point. Um, and I think that puts them in a really favorable position because even as executives from other teams are like, hey, we're not going to get fleeced the way that the Timberwolves did, right? That trade, man. But at the same time, the Jazz are in such a good position. They're like that they could be like, well, if you don't want to do a deal with us, then bye. We've got five other people that will. Yeah. It's like a very nice, they really have put themselves in a, in a great spot. Yeah. It's really kind of, yeah. What it, it it's like Danny Ainge sitting at a table being like, okay, wow me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which awesome way to go jazz. Yeah. They did do a good they job. Did a, didn't they did they? a good job. The rest of the league, <laughs> you guys, the rest of the it league turns is out. so boned after like, we really need to do, there's going to be a 30 for 30 in like five or so years talking about the Rudy Gobert trade and how it screwed the rest of the league. The, the Spurs are asking for two first round picks for Jakob Pertl. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> you cannot tell me that is not a fallout from the Rudy Gobert trade. And this is not yeah. me besmirching a, a man very close to my University of Utah heart, Jakob Pertl. But you are out of your mind if you think you're getting two first round picks for that dude unless I had a, unless, I like, had unless a, the other team is absolute suckers i had an nba scout i was talking to because i was asking about that i was like are they really trying to deal purtle for that you know mm -hmm. and he was like well i mean the spurs really like him and i was like that much <laughs> like that's a lot I mean, a nice player no, he's so good. I agree. Two first round picks, though. Well, you get to get two first round picks and and the players to match the salary. Right, like <laughs> f 
for Jakob Pertl? Yeah. Like a guy who's never made an all-defensive team or, or sniffed an all-star game or, you know. I I mean, it, he's maybe maybe a fringe top 10 center in the league. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He's good. He's good. He's good. But, but the thing are, is, is that he's just good. Yeah, he's he's good, not great. And there are plenty of players in this league who are better than he is and are better at what he does than he is. What a weird world. I can't I, I can't wait for that documentary about the Gobert trade. Unbelievable. I'm really excited about this trade deadline just because I think I think there's going to be a lot more moving pieces than than it feels like. And I feel, I, every single trade deadline is like this. Sure. Every single time it comes around, I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen? There's going to be more than what we actually think is going to happen. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun. I, I, I love chaos. That's all I'm, that's all I'm here for. I'm here for yeah. jokes. I'm here for vibes. I'm here for chaos. <laughs> that's all I want. We love it. And I'm getting um, all of that out of this jazz season. And you know what? I am having a ball. Let's talk about Ochai Abaji. My dear sweet boy. <laughs> it's good. He's good. And it's so weird because. Where was he at the beginning of the season? Has he just all of a sudden made this enormous leap from training camp till now? No, I think, you know, part of this is like, we could look back at jazz rosters from the last probably three years and be like, well, if you took one of those fringe guys off the bench and just plugged them into the rotation, like being around good players makes the fringe players better. Sure. And so like, he doesn't, it doesn't look surprise. like a fringe player though. Right. It's just, what's really weird about the situation is how, and he w- he was struggling in the G League. Yeah, he was not shooting the ball well. It was uh, just all the numbers, all the like metrics were bad. And by all accounts, during practices, like he was kind of having the same struggles. And so, for whatever moment, Will Hardy decided, you know what? I've seen something. It's time. I don't know what the hell he saw. And he says, I'm not going to pretend like I knew, like, oh, this is the moment. But he did, though. He picked the moment. He's the one that made that decision. Mm -hmm. And so, like, whatever he saw was so well-timed. Because Ochai then just immediately slid over into the jazz rotation and was like, okay, I I won't play like a rookie all the time then. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. It's It's like he pressed a button. Yeah. Because it seemed, yeah, it's, but it's been really fun I mean, to like, watch him. And he looks like, he looks like a bona fide NBA player and like shows all sorts of promise. And like, you can see on kind of both sides of the ball, he's got that, like that versatility that you want out of a, out of a modern day NBA player, a guy who can defend multiple positions, can handle the ball, can shoot from deep, can finish. Like he's... I mean, I talk He's about exciting. a guy who's you have, right. you have to be you have to be hyped on him, right? When I talk about a guy that's struggling from shooting the ball from anywhere in the G League, and he's thirty seven point five percent from three in NBA games. Like, yeah, 
that doesn't really make sense. Like, why was he struggling? And like, I'm sure that there is some deeper explanation about spacing of an NBA team and getting the right kind of a pass from the right kind of guy at the right moment on catch and shoot looks, but they haven't all been catch and shoot looks. Like sometimes he's done a side, like a sidestep on a dribble or like a hezzy and like, he just looks great. And he's so freaking athletic and strong. He's jacked. He's absolutely jacked. Such a sweet, sweet boy. Who's just got the happiest, most infectious smile. Yeah. I think he's got to be a part of, of that youth movement we're talking about. Yeah. I think Lowry, Lowry, Larry marketing and (laughs) Walker Walker Kessler Ranger. Yeah. Like, I think, I think, you know, this is me being a, a Twitter analyst you know, Twitter GM who spends a lot of time uh, working the trade machine uh, <laughs> when I'm supposed to be at my desk job. <laughs> but uh, I think those are, those are, there are very few guys, if I were the GM of the Jazz, who were untouchable. And I think the three of them right now would be Ochai, Walker Kessler, and Larry Marketing. Yeah. I wouldn't give those guys up. Yeah. They seem like that could be like kind of the cornerstones or at least part of you, maybe not the cornerstones, but definitely part of your future. Yeah. I think there's, there's been a lot of, you know, trade machine suggestions to me over the last few weeks. And a lot of them have included Ochai and Colin Sexton. And I just absolutely don't see the jazz doing it. No, no. I mean, especially Colin, I think if I were the jazz's GM, like, for the right price, sure, you could get Colin Sexton. But again, sure. it's got to be – you got to wow me. Yeah. yeah that's other the thing than is that, like, like I just paid – I just invested $72 million in this guy. Like you better knock my socks off. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is if somebody comes in and absolutely blows Danny Ainge's socks off, yeah. sure. I better get the rub and the tug. <laughs> Your face was so damn serious just now. <laughs> oh, I love I'm a it. Man who knows what he so wants and what he needs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, damn, what time is it? All right. I think we got to get into our all stuff. Yeah, stuff. let's do this. I got a kid. Uh, oh. I got to pick up my kid from daycare soon. So we got yeah. to hurry. Very quickly. Uh, Conley, Mike Conley has been invited to be a part of the skills competition. He says he's going to do it, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Here's here's the real quote. Okay. Conley was like, yeah, they invited me. Um, and I was like, well, are you going to do it? And he was like, well, I want to. The end. Great. So, yeah. See you in a few weeks, bud. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great. That'll be fun. It'll be really fun. I like it. Um, we're going to do our all-star picks. I only think that we have like two minor differences maybe on each team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's, let's get Let to it. Greg. <laughs> let's give this podcast its name. Who are your Western conference starters? John Morant, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. Great. Yeah. I, I'm the only difference that we have 
is we that... We have two differences. We, yeah, we have two differences. Be, and I've moved two people up from the reserves mm-hmm. that you have. And they're in my starter. So go ahead and say your reserves too. My reserves are Devin Booker, Shy Gilgis Alexander, Zion Williamson, our very own Larry Marketing, DeMontis Sabonis, <laughs> Paul George, and Mr. 60 himself, Damian Lillard. All right. We do have a couple differences, actually, on this one. Three differences. Okay. So my starters, you've got Ja, Steph, Luka, LeBron, Jokic. Yeah. And I've got Ja, SGA, Luka, DeMontis Sabonis, Jokic. Yeah. I've taken Curry and LeBron James out of my starters and put them onto the reserves Mm -hmm. uh, purely based on availability. Yeah. And I'm not taking them off the, like the all-star team. I just, SGA has been so good and has played almost every game. And the Kings are so fun that I just think that they deserve a starter. And absolutely. And so, and that's why I put them on the the starters rather than the reserves. You want to know why I have Steph and LeBron over SGA and DeMontis? Go ahead. Because my two are Steph Curry and LeBron James, and yours are SGA and DeMontis Sabonis. Right. That's the thing is, is your, your ballot is the correct, is the ballot that will happen. Yeah. It's not, yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see SGA start. (laughs) The all-star game. I am right. big SGA head. I don't know if, if jazz fans have been watching the Thunder play basketball at all this season. So they're fun. Fu- they're right up there with the 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 Kings. They're kind of the Kirk- Kirkland signature Kings. <laughs> they are Kirkland signature Kings. Like they're not quite as good, you know, not as not as high quality, but they play that like high octane kind of basketball. They're really fun. And SGA, if SGA right now was on a contender, we'd be talking about him in the MVP race. That's how a hundred percent we been. would. Yeah, he's a hundred percent. Like he should be. I don't know if it's going to happen, but he should be All NBA this year if he continues. Yes, this. like he is one of the. I would say one of the five funnest guys in the league to watch right now. He's fantastic i did have his numbers pulled up here he's so he's killing it this year and if you're like he really seems like he was a fringe guy last like the last couple of years the leap he's made he's right up there i think like most improved player is either going to be him or larry marketing 30.8 points per game on 51 percent shooting yeah what what are we doing? Like that's so good. Yeah. Freak stuff. Yeah. Um and then the difference that we have on the reserves for the West is again, I swapped out those two guys, but I also took um Zion Williamson off of my reserves. Um he's getting snubbed and I put Deer and Fox on the team. It- it wouldn't really surprise me, but again, so much of the here's the, here's my problem. Here's yeah, my problem. Please. The guy has played in twenty eight games. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah, 
it's really, I mean, honestly, it was hard. I really, really considered leaving Steph off the whole thing. Yeah. But like he's Steph Curry, so like that it's stupid to even consider. Yeah, it's why it's why Anthony. I didn't have Anthony Davis as an All Star, right? Because Zion's played in twenty eight games, and that's twenty eight in what three years or something like that. Yeah. Like, play a few more games. Sure. Yeah, he's been awesome so, in the game he's played. He's played sure. much like Anthony Davis. Sure. But in this world we live in, it's mostly a popularity contest, and there are very few players more popular. I know. Than Zion Williamson. It's why, that's right there, is why I have Steph Curry and LeBron James starting the All-Star game. I don't think that either one of them are necessarily worthy of being starters, you know, especially both being on bad to fledgling mediocre teams. But I mean, the thing is, is that your ballot is absolutely realistic. Yeah. Mine is there's not. no way that, mine's not gonna happen. We're talking about LeBron James and Steph, like those are the two most <laughs> popular players in the world. In the world. Not only like in the year 2023, no, of, the this, last of this era. Those are the two yeah. players who are not only the most popular, but are the most significant. Yes. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no right. there's no way it, it doesn't happen. And you know, whatever. I um, I, I mean so, I'm still gonna watch LeBron James and Steph Curry. Like <laughs> Yeah. My yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the so snubs for you would be Fox, Anthony Edwards, Aaron Gordon, Jeremy Grant. Um, I really Anthony hope Davis. De'Aaron Fox makes it, man. I love him yeah. so much. Um, snubs on my end would be the same, except for not Fox and instead Zion. Yeah. I, I think that. Honestly, there's probably going to be an injury replacement sure. here too, right? Someone, one of these guys is not going to be playing. Yeah. Um, maybe two. So, <laughs> so yeah. there's a there's a chance that actually, um, I would love to watch Anthony Edwards. Right. Yeah. I honestly, I'd love to see just for how well Denver's playing. Yeah, Aaron Gordon. Play, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool story. I'd love to see it. Yeah. All right. In the East, I've got. Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid as my starters. My reserves, Halliburton, uh, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Again, we have tiny little differences. Tiny differences. Mine Um, mine are... Starters, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Uh, Right. You've got Kevin Durant on your reserves. Yes. I've got him in the starting unit. You have Jalen Brown in the starters, and I have him in the reserves. So that's the difference there. Yeah. My my East reserves, Halliburton, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brunson, James Harden, and Bam Adebayo. And the difference that we have in the reserves is that you've got Jalen Brunson on the team yeah. while I have DeMar DeRozan on the N- team. Knicks are a playoff team. Like, I think I yeah. think he gets in. Big market. He's having a great season. Yeah. If he doesn't, yeah. you know, but at the same time, like, if Jalen Brunson, Brunson doesn't make an all-star team, like, I, I don't care. Yeah. That's the thing is, like. It'd be a cool story. I, I don't have anything against Jalen Brunson, but also, like, you know, I'm not Jalen Brunson hive. Yeah, he's just like so. Even when he's really good, 
and this is he doesn't so play pre- aesthetically pleasing basketball. No, it's such a pretentious take, but he's very just like meh. Yeah. You know? Is he good? He could, he's he's he could yeah. put up thirty five, and I'd be like, yeah, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's nothing so. against him. Like it no, obviously it's works. Not. I just like there are other players in the league. Like if it's a random Thursday night, and like I have, you know, like the Celtics are playing the Knicks. I'm not sure. watching that game because of Jalen Brunson. No, you're not. (laughs) Or if, like, the other game is, like, you know, last night's game between, like, the 76ers and the Nets. I'm watching 76ers Nets. It always feels – the the reason that I put DeMar on instead of Jalen is because every single time I watch DeMar play, I just feel like it feels like it's been 20 years and he's just been doing the same thing and just continues to kill guys using the same moves. And I'm like – it's not like there's not a scouting report on DeMar DeRozan, right? He's just very, very good. He's very good. Yeah. And he just continues to be very good, and I like watching him. Yeah, I I left him off simply because Chicago's bad. Yeah, and the I think are that, garbage. I think that winning matters. And yeah. as good as he is, there are multiple shooting guards in this league who are better than DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, so. I know. I got a soft spot for him, though. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. like James Harden is having a better season than DeMar DeRozan. And his, team, yeah. and, his team's, and his team's better, you know. The one guy who really, really breaks my heart that's going to be a snub this year is Drew Holiday. I don't think people are understanding how good no, he's been for that's, Milwaukee. That's the one, yeah, that's the I one want- Eastern Conference snub that I'm like – and you know what? Drew might actually get it. I'd love to see it. I really guys. would because he's having yeah. a fabulous season and he is a huge reason why the Bucks are staying afloat and still yeah. competitive without Chris Middleton. He's been so he's been good. he's averaging like 25 and 5 or something like that while also still playing elite defense. He's awesome. <laughs> And like Chris Middleton playing like an all-star, you take him out of the rotation and the fact that Drew Holiday has picked up the slack there, like it's sure. that's that's the case for it. Yeah. Like if you're if you were gonna call Chris Middleton an all-star, but then like he's not there, who's the yeah. guy that like has continued to keep the bucks afloat? Like Yeah. I, yeah, Drew Holiday absolutely deserves some praise for how yeah. he's played. I still 1,000% believe in my heart of hearts. Had Chris Middleton been healthy, the Bucks we're talking about the Bucks as the world champions right now. I think they beat the Celtics, and then they go on to beat the Warriors in the finals. It's totally possible. Yeah. But totally possible. that's not the world we live in. Anyway, uh, let's get Drew Holiday in the All-Star game because he deserves it and he rules. And he legitimately might be the most underrated basketball player in the NBA. Well, this is a Drew Holiday podcast now, guys. I love him you heard so it. Much. <laughs> um, housekeeping here. Uh, I've got – you guys, it is so hard to purchase – like tubes to mail posters in. That is an impossible thing to go buy somewhere. <laughs> Can you just go to like FedEx and. Yeah, yeah I tried that. They don't have them. What? The FedEx store didn't have them. The UPS store Wait, didn't have them. They don't have, have like them. those little like cylindrical tube things. That... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. No one had them. I went to Michael's. I checked Home Depot. Nowhere. Eventually, I went to Office Depot. 
found some that were like four feet long. And then I cut them in half so that I could use them. So I did, it was a little bit of a craft project, but now I have some poster tubes that I can mail out to the winners. Mm -hmm. So those are coming and sorry about the delay, but Hey, you'll get it before the all-star break. And that's what counts. (laughs) (laughs) That was a question. Awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah, this was fun. Yeah. And with that, I will say podcast over. <laughs> you guys know what to do. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. You guys are so great, but we would love it if you would continue to give us five-star reviews, give us ratings on all of your podcast supplier apps because it super duper duper helps us. And you can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can follow Matt, I guess. Or not. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye from my ass. (laughs) Yes. Yes.